up in this week's Triton Spotlight, we're at Canyon View to talk UC San Diego water polo with second-year Triton Lucia Doak. The New Zealand native will tell us how she got her start in polo, what it was like to wear the silver fern and represent her country internationally, and what stressed her out the most when she first came to the United States. Plus, we'll run Lucia through the gauntlet in our popular Quick Pick segment. What was her most important discovery in America? How does she pass the time on the 13-hour flight to and from home? We'll find out when we sit down with Lucia Doak in this week's Triton Spotlight. Welcome to episode 77 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, thank you so much for joining us this week. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe, rate us, or write a brief review. Before we get to this week's conversation with Lucia Doak, let's go around campus. Big congrats to Vajon Marcota and Renee Zuhars from fencing for sweeping Epi to take gold at NCAA West Regionals last week. Last week's podcast guest, Huli Arsave, had a strong run at the CSCAA National Invitational Championships in Indiana. The senior obliterated a team and meet record in the 1650 freestyle. The Triton Athletes Council recently held its annual UC San Diego Athletics Blood Drive to benefit the American Red Cross. Their efforts helped potentially save 162 lives per the Red Cross. You can read more about that on UCSDTritons.com. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Vajon Marcota from Fencing and Huli Arsabe from Swimming. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. As our celebration of Women's History Month rolls on, here's our conversation with women's water polo sophomore Lucia Doak. Lucia, let's start with how old were you when you started playing water polo? Oh, gosh. Um... I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. I'm currently in my 12th year playing water polo, and I turned 20 in November last year. So, yeah, I really started playing in year five, which was a really long time ago to say now that's um, the equivalent of your guy's sixth grade, I believe. So, yeah, 12, 12 years now. And were you playing other sports at that time? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I played netball um, a lot when I was younger. I also tried out javelin and high jump in athletics. But outside of that, I really kind of chose to focus on water polo at an earlier age. I think I began to only play water polo around three or four years into it. So even though I started while I was playing other sports and doing other activities, I knew quite quickly that it was what I really wanted to hone in and really focus on mastering for the next couple of years. And how much prior to your water polo lifetime, how, how early were you in the water? Did you grow up swimming? Uh, yeah, I was a swimmer, which seems funny to say out loud now because I'm really not a fan of swimming anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I, I got into it. I started off just doing general swimming when I was young. I'm not sure exactly how young, but yeah, I was swimming. And then we saw a promotional kind of poster at the pool for flippable which I think here is called splash polo or some other equivalent of kind of younger levels of water polo where you can touch the bottom, you can catch your two hands. So it's not as kind of fronting. Um, and I got into that before I started getting into water polo and it was just kind of up from there. Yeah. And how did you, 
learn the game? Um, I was really lucky, actually. I have been with the same club program for the entire time I played in New Zealand. Uh, North Harbour Water Polo Club, which is a regional regional club that I have been with for the past 12 years. Yeah, they hosted flippable tournaments and then they hosted um, weekly kind of weekend tournaments through the high schools and the middle schools, primary schools. So I basically signed up through North Harbour Water Polo and went to their camps that they had. They had kind of just general training camps to coach skills. And then through that, I just kept at it through the school and their relationship with North Harbour Water Polo. And then I just stuck with that same club for the entire time that I've been playing. Yeah. And when you were with the club learning the sport, what parts came easier to you and what took you a little longer to figure out? I feel like I've always been, I don't want to use the word outspoken, but I've always been quite loud. Um, I've been a big talker for a while since I was young. So I feel like the communicating came quite easy to me. And now playing as center defender, that's proven to be really, really useful for my position in the game. Um, So I think the communication side and the previous swimming skills made those parts easier I think the parts that I struggled with the most and I still do is probably the physicality a little bit in the sense that I can be um too aggressive sometimes or too physical and I think as a kid I just wanted to play and I was very revved up so learning to kind of dial it back a little bit and learn just to control myself in the water was a little bit of a challenge. And it still is a bit of a challenge because, you know, I'm still learning even all those years later, what is too physical and what's physical enough. And we'll get into your UC San Diego time in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. broadly speaking, how different is the collegiate game than the one you grew up playing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting question. Actually, I, like I said, I'm still learning about it, but I've most recently kind of recognized that I actually find them quite different, especially at an international level with FINA water polo versus um, collegiate NCAA water polo. I feel like in New Zealand, I grew up with a more physical game in the sense that the refereeing style kind of allowed for a little more of that transitional um, physicality, whereas The collegiate water polo, I feel like it's more looking for the skills than it is the physicality. It's more focused on allowing the players to just play versus kind of what I was more used to, which was you kind of have to fight physically with the player a little bit more to get to then kind of show your skills with throwing or passing the ball. So, yeah, I think the biggest difference that I've struggled with as well is the physicality differences, just learning to kind of focus on controlling the skills and working with the ball instead of kind of thinking about playing the player before playing for the ball, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so one of your challenges as a college player then is, is almost holding that part back and, and kind of restraining yourself in that way. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, it's still a work in progress with my kind of changing roles each season here as well, adjusting to even just a 
different referee styles per game. You can be changing style game to game or season to season. I feel like that kind of adaptability is not only something that I'm continuing to learn, but I also think it's something that I'll need wherever I end up playing. And it's going to be really useful skill to have as a player here and for New Zealand as well. You mentioned FINA Worlds a moment ago, and I know that you've been able to represent your country on various levels on the senior women's team. What's it like to represent that flag? It's, I would say it's probably one of my favorite feelings that I've experienced in my whole life. I think there's something, there's, there's something really special and there's a very distinct sensation of pride that comes from representing your country and playing for that sort of purpose and I'm very 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 grateful to have gotten those opportunities earlier on with um yeah my first world champs being in 2018 so I was very lucky to experience the opportunity to rip the silver fern at a at a younger age than some and what are some of your favorite memories there um I I will always probably go back to 2018 my first world champs in Belgrade, Serbia. It was the 2018 Youth World Championships. And although I look back at some of the game footage and I barely recognize myself as a player, um, I just think that first initial experience, I remember getting up um, on the for the lineup in my robe and hearing the national anthem. That for me is it irreplaceable feeling i've been lucky enough to go to other world champs since and i still haven't been able to replicate that first feeling of singing the national anthem on the world stage so i feel like that one specific tournament is very very monumental for me and i reflect back on it a lot in times of adversity or in times of need because that really um that really just goes back to why I play and that sensation and how good it feels to represent my country. I can't relate to that, but my goodness, that is, <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> you, you reference play, getting to play in Serbia. I know you've also competed at other places, Spain, Portugal. What are some of the cool places that you've been? Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky to have gone to as many places as I have through water polo. Yeah, I've been to Australia a couple of times, obviously neighboring. They're quite close to us. Um, I've been to, yeah, Spain, Portugal, France, Serbia, Greece, and hopefully more places to come as I keep playing. Yeah, I've been to a lot of places when I think about it, yeah. So was there a time when you were growing up when you made the decision to pursue coming to the States and playing collegiately and and what was that like? Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's hard to pinpoint an exact specific time. I mean, my memory is getting worse every day, but yeah, I have definitely, I definitely knew for a long time like to excuse excuse the cliche but it was kind of the dream for a long time I think I knew kind of and I want to say maybe year 10 year 11 which is 11th or 12th grade um I saw and heard about a couple of my teammates in the women's program who had gone to other American universities overseas um and hearing about their experiences in regards to the new water polo training and the water polo environment, but also the 
lifestyle experience that would come with the water polo experience. When I heard about that, for me and my goals at the time, and still many of them are still very relevant to me now, it just made sense to go because in my, sorry, my biggest goal is that I want to keep playing and I want to keep improving in any way I can. And as you already heard from the places I've gone to through water polo, I love to travel. I love meeting new people. And I think it's really important as a global citizen as well to enhance those interactions as much as you can to learn as much about other people as possible. So when I heard that I could not only get a really amazing degree, but I could also play the sport I love, get better at it, and also experience an entirely new culture and have a huge learning experience, to me it was just kind of, it was a given. It was something that I kind of had to do. And obviously it was going to require a lot of work, but with those kind of goals in mind, it made sense for me to, as the next step in my water polo career, but also just my general kind of life journey that I would need to at least try to go to America. Yeah. We're chatting with Lucia Doak this week on Triton cast. And so what were those conversations like with family about, Hey, I might go thousands of miles away to get an education and keep playing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very lucky. I have some really, really supportive family members. Um, my mom, my dad, and my sister is just us four. My parents have always been supportive of my goals and my passions within water polo and outside of water polo. But I think they recognize that when I started representing New Zealand and I started kind of really, really playing at that higher level that in – it's kind of it wouldn't make sense for me to just stop because I think they they knew like okay she really loves the sport she really wants to keep going and because they're so supportive of me and what I want to do they were willing to follow me through whatever I chose to do and it wasn't even just America with how kind of much of a planner I am we looked at every option because obviously it was also during COVID that I was going through the recruitment process. So we made sure to assess every option to make sure basically wherever I ended up, I would be really happy. So yeah, they're really supportive and they still are my biggest supporters. So when you're going through that process, what ultimately led you to UC San Diego? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of things led me to San Diego and I know that regardless of everything else it was where I meant I meant to be and I'm really happy that I ended up here um during COVID I had very um limited expectations about kind of the whole process because although I knew people who had gone through it during COVID it was a big unknown because so much competition was cancelled so I ended up having conversations with a couple different universities but when assessing um, location and the degree education, the academic side of things that I was going to get, the water polo program, and also being an international student and a scholarship student, it was also financial limitations we had to take into consideration as well. So when assessing all of those factors and looking at what I prioritized, which was academic program, because even playing water polo here, I need to leave with a degree that I'm, I'm feel successful in and I enjoy location and water polo program. When I looked at all those three options, UCC was the perfect fit for me. 
Had you been to the United States before? I hadn't. I had okay. I had been to Hawaii for a competition years ago in 2015, but I feel like now having been to California, Colorado, New York, and Hawaii again, I recognize it just it's very different, I feel like, to coming to California instead. So yes, I had been to America in the past cynically, but it doesn't really count in my books, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you decided to come to UC San Diego and you first got to La Jolla, what were some of the biggest adjustments you had to make? Not in terms of polo, but just in terms of life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in total transparency, that 2021 year when I came in September, mid to late September, it was one of, hands down, one of the hardest years of my life, just adjusting and moving away from home. I think um, specifically for me, the, the hardest adjustment was based on the fact that I couldn't go home for nine months straight because of the lockdown in New Zealand. It meant that I left home and I arrived in America for the first time on my own. And and LAX on my own was even just scary just at the airport. Um, (laughs) But knowing that I was going and I wouldn't be able to go home until June, that made everything very very different just that perspective and kind of it was an affair to be honest knowing if something happened I couldn't go home so I think that mindset was the biggest adjustment I had to make but in regards to just kind of cultural changes outside of water polo I think I don't want to say something lame like tipping, but honestly, that really stressed me out when I first arrived. And it's intense. It is. It's scary. It's very scary and confronting. But um, yeah, there's, there's it's really amazing. Um, I feel like we take for granted the little differences that can really add up to what makes two countries so different. And it made me realize as well, like I, it makes me think a lot about the saying that you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And I think that that really resonated with that adjustment period because I kind of thought in my mind that America and New Zealand might be similar in some kind of cultural, personal ways, and it wouldn't be as difficult. But there was definitely some little things, whether it be tipping or transport or kind of cultural slangs like different words and stuff that when they add up and you're already feeling a bit nervous a bit anxious it can be quite overwhelming and overstimulating at once yeah so how did you settle in and and get past that and figure out how to properly tip and (laughs) now you can teach the rest of us how that works (laughs) i mean uh i do think about that part a lot like talking to new people coming in about what I did or didn't do. Um, but I will say that my my biggest, biggest um, reason that I got through such a you know, rough patch in my life was I had some really, really amazing connections here. Um, my teammates that I met, although I didn't click with all of them straight away, I mean, it's a squad of, you know, 28 plus girls at once. The people who I did meet and my team was so, so supportive. They were so supportive of me. And obviously withstanding that 
they couldn't fully understand what I was going through. That didn't stop them from trying and being there for me. So I would say that the support systems I had, whether it be here or at home, um, or I wrote, I reached out to a lot of other Kiwis who were also at American universities for that kind of relatedness to help as well. So I would say, yeah, the reason my, one of my biggest reasons that I got through was the support systems and the connections I had established there or the connections that were in the making already. How did you keep in touch with your parents and your sister? Um, Facebook Messenger has been okay. a big friend. Yeah, shout out to Messenger. Um, we can't obviously use... Um, Oh, the phone number was such a problem coming here, sending up just an American SIM <laughs> card. I remember that was very stressful. But um, yeah, we use FaceTime because that can just be through email on Wi-Fi and we use yeah. Facebook Messenger when we can. Yeah, so I've just been using those. And then obviously through Instagram and email, you can send things when they come up as well. So we use a range of different contact methods, but we try... In my freshman year, we tried to FaceTime or video chat basically once a week. And then when things got a little bit busier and I got a little bit settled, it was kind of every other week. And what kind of time difference are we looking at? Um, Since Daylight Saving, it's now four hours. Not four hours exactly. In the sense it's tomorrow in New Zealand. Yeah. But for me to kind of wrap my head around it, I just minus four hours. So it's Monday the 13th at 4.23 here in California. So in New Zealand, it will be Tuesday the 14th at 12.23 p.m., if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I have a friend <laughs> in Australia yeah. and doing the same exact math. It was five hours and now it's four because of our time yeah. change. Yeah, it's a calculation every time, but luckily it's not as bad as day and night at the moment. So you're settling into a new country and with a new team and in a different place and at a challenging academic school. How did you ultimately find your way? Uh, I think about this a lot because sometimes... <laughs> I currently still in classes and stuff. I try to remind myself how I did it in my freshman year, going into my second year now. Um, but it's it's really hard to say what I did because I don't know something about. I think it was just a grind set, for lack of better words, in the sense that I think because of how grateful. I feel to be in the position I am and how privileged I feel to be where I am. I feel like that is just, just such a strong motivation for me to keep going when um, I'm, you know, struggling to study for classes or I'm struggling to get through a game. I find myself often reminiscing and reminding myself about how much work not only I put in, but also my family put in for me to be here and be doing what I'm lucky enough to do. So I think, yeah, in those moments where, um, yeah, I'm trying to get through something, I just remind myself that if I was able to kind of work so hard to get here, there's no reason why that same work ethic can't keep me going. If that kind of, yeah. 
Last year as a freshman, you scored 40 goals. Do you remember your first one against Wagner? I actually don't, which sounds awful because it was, I remember in the moment, <laughs> it was so exciting because I was in that, you know, freshman mindset and everything's new and exciting, but you're also terrified and emotions are all over the place. But um, yeah, I feel like going game to game to game and now being in my sophomore season, I find myself often forgetting such significant moments, which is, which is sad because uh, those moments in that particular time is so, so significant and they're so emotive. So I don't remember exactly the goal, but I do remember that after that game, I was stoked. I was super, super stoked. I think I messaged my parents and I was very lucky enough to have some of my friends watching the game or watching the live stats who had messaged me as well. So yeah, I was, I think I was just a little bit in shock but mostly stoked, yeah. That's pretty cool. So last season as a team, uh, the Tritons reached the Big West semifinals, taking on Hawaii, and Hawaii finally got over the hump beating Davis to get there. What do you remember about that tournament? That tournament was, I think it's it's one of my favorite tournaments I've ever played in, in the sense that we had we had a rough season against Davis that, that season. We had lost to them three times already if that's right yeah we lost him three times already we were really sick of losing to davis um and so to come up against them in our in our first game i think it all goes back to that word pride i mentioned earlier i think each of us whether it be the girls who were in the water on the bench at home every the coaching staff like every member of our team in that moment were playing for each other and it was something really special that got us to win that game in that overtime period. So yeah, that Davis game in particular was was huge for us because I think as a team that really showed us what we could do, even though obviously it's so late in the season, but it emphasized how well we can do when we all come together for for that one purpose and that pride and wanting to finally take down Davis after those three brutal losses. Um, but yeah, in Hawaii, you mentioned as well. So we played them after Davis and that game was bizarre for lack of better words for me. I think, you know, we, we went into that game as the underdogs with Hawaii having such a high ranking in our conference in comparison. But again, I just think we really came together as a team. I mean, to only be down by two goals with them at one point, I remember, seeing Hawaii spread out the game, um, spread out the players by the end of the quarter. And I was kind of thinking to myself, that's crazy. Like, we're not even going to keep playing, you know, like, oh, my God, are they a little bit scared? I don't know. (laughs) But it was just this really kind of bizarre but really exciting moment for us to be, you know, challenging or just simply competing with this high-ranked team. And I think, Again, it just goes back to the fact that we played really, we played as a team, we played as a as a whole unit in that competition. Everyone was there, whether they were physically there or not, but everybody was there for the same reason. So you're in Big West play again now, and it's kind of the meat of the schedule comes up in conference play generally play once or maybe twice a week but you had been playing these earlier season tournaments where you're playing four or five games in a weekend 
what's the different mindset there and how do you in terms of stamina how do you get through that yeah i mean it's i think it's it's definitely true that you know your our mindsets me particularly changes a lot throughout the season whether it's pre-season in season in conference season in those early competitions um but I feel like with the recent kind of weekend tournaments we've had the um where we've had the opportunities to play against three to four teams at a time, that in those weekends it's really been about trying to find a sort of rhythm with our team, I think. And it hasn't been easy. We've had definitely a rougher season um so far and we've had some close wins where close losses, sorry, we were almost there, but we're not finishing to get the win. And I think as a team, we're, we're, we're getting frustrated. We're, we're, that's a, that's a struggle that we're having to face at the moment. But I think what's important is that we're using those games to look at what we could be doing and what we need to be doing while we head into this kind of conference play, which are the really important games for us. So although um, it's kind of easy, I guess, to take the tournaments for granted because they're not conference play and they're kind of four games over a weekend. It's long. People are getting tired. People have school, study. There's a lot on people's minds at the same time. I think although the results haven't been what we might have wanted, I think what we're learning out of them has been significant. And although challenging and sometimes disappointing, it is it is it has been kind of what we've needed to go into this conference play and i think it is going to prove to be useful as long as we reflect on it properly if that kind of makes sense if that answers your question it does last week you played uc irvine and it was a driving rainstorm yeah how does that affect play i mean you're already um, wet i guess yeah yeah, I mean, it's interesting because in New Zealand, we don't really have outdoor pools. So for me, I'm probably being a total drama queen. I can't <laughs> believe the atrocious weather conditions we're playing in. But um, <laughs> especially because I was told it doesn't really rain in Southern California. But That's what obviously, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to play in weather like that, especially considering... Most recently, a lot of us have been sick just with, luckily, not COVID, but just cold, general kind of flu season going around. So I think playing in that weather can definitely feel brutal. But I, I don't think we we let it affect us on Friday. I think that the adrenaline of our first home opener conference game and the kind of intentions and motivations going into that game meant that although it was pouring and it was cold and you could say it was even miserable a little bit that we, we still really brought the energy up. Like our, I love our bench energy. It's something really, really unique. You don't get it with every team, but our team, there's just something really special about the way that rain or shine, literally we can still keep up that energy in and out of the pool. So yeah, I think the weather, although not ideal, um, was not a factor, luckily, on Friday. What have been some of your favorite memories as a Triton so far? Wow. Um, I mean, I think one of my my all-time favorite ones was actually 
last year's home opener against Long Beach when we played against them. That was um, when we beat them in a seven on six play with Annika scoring um, the final goal. And the for me, it was the energy of that moment, just being getting to be a part of that as a freshman as well. You know, like I said, there's always the crazy emotions. You're excited, you're nervous, all of that. So to be in the water and to see that happen and to see the the excitement and the happiness on my teammates' faces, I think I might even cried a little bit, <laughs> like a, a little bit of tears in that moment. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite moments over the past couple of years because I just I love seeing my teammates succeeding but I also love seeing them overjoyed with emotion I think that's really really beautiful when a team can all be feeling that moment together I think it's something really really unique our guest this week on Triton cast is Lucia Doak from women's water polo you are a sociology major in Muir College uh, you still have time. We're not trying to rush you out of here, but what is your your plan for when you graduate? Wow, the big question. <laughs> I was like, what after college? Um, yeah, I think that post-college, I still want to continue um, my goal of pursuing my goal of improving my skills as a water polo player. So I do think that even coming away from UCSD with my degree that I'll still probably look at playing in Europe afterwards in a kind of more professional environment um, with a professional club team, just because I would love to travel through water polo and experience life through water polo as much as I can whilst enhancing my craft as much as I can. But I've definitely considered um, after that short period, I'm definitely going to come back to New Zealand, most likely, and really focus on applying my sociology degree to a future career. I'm not exactly sure which career pathway I want to take with my degree. I was considering going into civil law for a while, but I'm still trying to make sure I look at every option before kind of narrowing myself down to one specific job or one specific role. I really want to make sure that I'm also enjoying myself in college and learning as much as I can because I love learning new things, some things that I had no idea I even was interested in. That's how I decided to be a sociology major in the first place because I tried a course and I realized this is what I really love. So yeah, although not totally specific and totally sure, I'm really excited and happy for the opportunity to still learn in a bunch of areas before narrowing myself down. Fair enough. We will not hold you to anything specifically. <laughs> yeah. You also are a uh, team representative on the Triton Athletes Council. What, what does that involve? Yes. So the Trident Athletes Council, there is 
two of us for the women's water polo team and for each sports code um, and team in the athletics department. It's me and Olivia Sargent. This quarter, we just make sure to act as a voice for not just our teammates, but also other athletes um, and make sure that we're having conversations with the athletics board and also other teams to make the athletics program and just the general athletics environment and community a better place for student athletes within UCSD at the time and future as well. Got it. And what attracted you to become part of that organization? Yeah, I actually took a a really, really awesome, insightful leadership course with Corey Falcon and Brian Alexander through the athletics department called Emerging Leaders, which focused on leadership in sports, but also in general. And through that, they had suggested TAC. So that was the initial kind of um, introduction that I had to TAC. But I've also always been, like I said, I've always been a little bit outspoken earlier, but I've also always been very curious I would say, and very, very open to helping others and learning how to help others. So I think in kind of seeking that rollout and wanting to be as skilled in helping others and being a voice for others and advocating for others as much as possible, I felt that the TAC opportunity being a part of that group would be a really awesome chance to not only interact with other athletes, you know, make sure I'm learning more about how to be a better leader and better role model for my um, fellow teammates and other people. But it also meant that I might be able to directly help my team and my fellow athletes in that kind of area and direct manner. So, yeah, it was very much about kind of continuing that advocation role that I really enjoy for people around me, but also Again, just learning as much as I can. How long is the flight from Auckland to Los Angeles? It changes based on which direction. It is shorter coming from LA to Auckland, but from Auckland to LA, it can be up to 13 hours on the plane. What do you do to pass the time? Oh, gosh. I mean... It really, it's fun. It's, it depends when I'm coming and going. For example, when I came back from Christmas, because I was lucky enough to go home for Christmas this year, I think coming back, I was just doing a lot of planning and paperwork, to be honest. I was really making sure I sat down and wrote some goals for going into a tough part of the season because we were starting January 22nd. But I also wanted to make sure I was writing down some kind of goals that were relevant to my New Zealand program that was coming up and kind of just making sure that going into my next kind of segment of my UCSD journey, being physically in America, um, that I was kind of preparing myself mentally as much as I could so yeah it it can really vary based on when and where I'm coming and going because I will say when I go from LA to Auckland I think I pretty much sleep the entire time um but yeah I'd like to say that depending on when I'm coming in or when I'm going I'm just kind of preparing because I'm a very big planner google calendar 
is my favorite. Like I'm a very, very big planner. Color codes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. The color codes, the ads, the descriptions, locations, you name it, everything. Love it. And do you write it down first and then transfer it to digital? I wish I was a physical note taker, but I can't do it. I feel like I've taught myself not to. My hand cramps <laughs> up way too soon than it probably should. So unfortunately, I'm not a write it down by head. It's all on my laptop. It's shared with my parents and um, co-workers and you just see it, everything. You got to keep that battery charged. That's true. That is its limitation for sure. We're chatting with Lucia Doak this week on Triton Cast. You ready for some quick picks? Okay, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> o- ocean or pool? Oh, pool. Indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. Mountains or beach? Beach. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Winter or summer? Summer, sure. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. The way you're living right now, don't you go winter, winter, basically? I do. I do. And it it is it is sad. But <laughs> what I will say is that it's not like I'm in snow when I'm in winter here. I think sure. there's definitely some harsher winters to be in than a San Diego winter. That is absolutely accurate. What's your favorite food? Oh, no, I cannot quick answer that. I love all food. I'm a huge, huge foodie. I I could not answer that well. Fair enough. What's one food that you were not familiar with prior to arriving in California that you now love? That I now love? Oh, horchata, actually. I will say horchata. Yeah, we don't have that back home. So whenever I'm here, I'm always drinking and eating horchata flavored things. That's a good one. What about uh, favorite pizza topping? Oh, sausage with capsicum and mushroom. I really do like mushrooms on pizza, however problematic that may seem. They're a big, they're a, I'm a big fan of theirs. It's for you to eat, not my not my concern one <laughs> yeah. way or the other. What's one thing about you that would surprise even your friends? Oh gosh. Um oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm very open. So I tell my friends almost everything. I don't think I hate to say that I'm predictable, but I don't think there would be anything that surprises them, really. Okay. Dancing or singing? Singing. You good? No, absolutely rubbish. But in the shower, no one's watching, so it's fine. Fair enough. Favorite holiday? Oh, probably Christmas, because that's when I get to see my family. This is a... I'm not going to ask the question the right way, because being an American, I only know it one way, but... Christmas is in summer to you. And so how different is it time. to have it be in winter? Um, sorry, well, you were asking what it's like in comparison to the yeah. winter Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, we... Oh, I love it. I love a Kiwi Christmas. We basically <laughs> get up super late in the morning. You have a barbecue outside. You'll have a couple mates over. You'll have maybe a nice lunch outside or an early dinner in the sun. And you'll just eat a bunch of food, just like an American Christmas. But then you can just go outside and tan all day straight after a nap in the sun, which is perfect. Favorite breakfast food? That was a good answer, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, the eggs, for sure. Eggs, yeah, just the eggs. How do you prepare them? I'm super into poaching my okay. eggs, actually, yeah. Reading or writing? 
Writing. What's one place you've never been that you most want to visit? Oh, Rome. I would love, love, love to see Rome. My classics teacher um, in high school, she made it very apparent that I should be going to Rome. And I would love to go to Rome. Yeah, so Rome. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, favorite type of music? Uh, indie alternative rock. And what about podcasts or playlists? I... I've been trying to get into podcasts, but I have not found one podcast that I love, although I'm a big fan of true crime podcasts. Okay. What about ice cream? Favorite flavor? Mint chocolate chip, actually. Yeah. Which one of your teammates is the best cook? Ooh. Oh, that's hard. I mean, I don't want to say I'm one of the best cooks, but I feel like... Honestly, probably from what I've seen and what I've tasted, Courtney Okamura is a really good cook, but I'd like to say that we're tied in the best cooks. For those of us who might not have been to New Zealand, uh, what do we need to do when we go? What do we need to see? Oh, wow. I mean, I would say one of the most special things about New Zealand is just the outdoors that we have it's it's so beautiful especially in the spring summer more spring when it's not as hot i would say that going to new zealand you have to have to eat a lot of good cafe food our cafe food and coffee is wonderful in new zealand and i would say that you have to go just go outside whether that be on a hike whether that be to the beach or kayaking or anything but you have to really embrace the outdoors when you're there because it's, it's beautiful greenery. It's, I think it's one of the best greenery in nature in the world. Yeah. I'm sure the tourism department thanks you. No, it does. It seems amazing. It's on the list for sure. Yeah. Uh, if, if you could play another sport at UC San Diego, what sport would you choose to play? Assuming you'd be good at it. Yeah. I was going to say limited <laughs> options, but, um, Oh, It's really difficult to envision myself playing in any other sport that like ticks as many boxes as water polo does, you know, if the physicality, the the competition, the style. Maybe for height purposes, basketball. Okay. Just try that out. And that's also closer to netball when I was younger. So maybe basketball, yeah. All right. And last question. You are six one, so how is your height an advantage in, in water polo? Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say positionally, it's proven to be an advantage playing center defender or guard, having that length in my arms and in my body is definitely useful in stealing the ball and keeping distance. But I'm just thinking, um, thinking it's out loud. My coach, Nikki will probably still say that I find a way to get too close to my attacker, which is true. Um, <laughs> I guess it's the a gift and a curse. You know, it's plenty of um, length to seal the ball and get away, but it's also plenty of surface area to get a hold of if I get too close. But yeah, I would say it's definitely useful in blocking, stealing the ball, just adding some extra surface area to get a hand on the ball for sure. Really cool. Well, Lucia, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. 
Lucia's journey has been an impressive one, and she's already experienced some amazing things thanks to the sport she loves. She and her Triton teammates will be back in the water on Friday to host Cal State Fullerton in a Big West match. You can watch that one live on ESPN+. Be sure to join us for an all-new Triton Cast next week, and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of Triton Cast premiere each Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this week's show. And don't forget, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms by searching TritonCast wherever you get your pods. And a reminder, you can listen to any of our 77 episodes whenever you want on demand. All you have to do is visit ucsdtritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, you can send us a tweet or email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to Triton Cast. Triton Cast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Tritoncast. Thank you.